We too, Lord, are disciples of Jesus, and we are at times tempted to flee our mission, to give up our inheritance. Sometimes we are slow to understand. Teach us through the word of the prophet and the word of Jesus, our master, the meaning of life and your will for us. And now unite us in one spirit that we may worship you through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to a definite plan and foreknowledge of God, was crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of Peter. As you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Christ was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him, you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very first day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, 
Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all of this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, has astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the woman had described, but they did not see him. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe that all the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on further. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way, and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I would like to begin this homily by welcoming our 11th graders here, our young men and women who will be confirmed very soon on May 15th. So uh, welcome to you guys. Welcome to their parents and their family members and their sponsors and catechists. The story is told of a Hindu teacher who taught his students that evil, suffering, pain are not real. They're just illusions. They're just products of one's imagination. So his students decided to test his belief. So as he was taking his daily walk in the garden, meditating and praying, they got a wild Indian elephant and released it. The the elephant started charging at him, so he climbed up the nearest tree as high as he could. And then when they got the elephant out of the garden, 
he climbed down and they asked him, respectfully, wise teacher, if you believe that all evil, suffering and pain are just illusion, why did you run from the wild elephant? And he looked at him and he said, what elephant? <laughs> what elephant? A wild elephant is a wild elephant. Pain, suffering are real. But so is Jesus. So today, as we heard the story of the two disciples walking to Emmaus, that's exactly what the story reminds us, that Jesus is real, and he never lets anyone go. He takes every, every person seriously and wants them to be part of his, his life, part of his mission. He didn't give up on them. He didn't say, these two I can live without. My mission can live without them. No, even those two were important to him. So as we heard, this was on Sunday, Sunday afternoon or early evening, the same day Jesus rose from the dead. And they were walking back to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, probably going back to their former lives. Their dreams, their, their hopes were crushed. The last time they, they saw Jesus was most likely him hanging on the cross and then being buried in the tomb. So they were crushed, Every they thought everything was over. They felt real pain and suffering. It was real. Now, what the story, of course, is teaches us, once a person encounters Christ, things change dramatically. So what we see here, of course, that Jesus accompanies them, but they're not able to recognize him for some reason. That's how sad, how disappointed, how pain, um, how uh, so much pain they're in. So, but things change when? And this is what, what Jesus shows us, that through faith and believe in him, disarm doubts, disarm sin and death in our lives. True faith and true belief have the power to do that. So Jesus walks with them and he asks them, so what, what happened to this Jesus you're talking about? So they tell him what happened. And then he explains to them, Christ had to enter to his, into his glory through suffering, through death on the cross. He explains to them the scriptures. And then as they were almost home, what, what happens? Jesus gave the, gave the impression that he was going on further. Yes, they were crushed. They were, they were you know, perhaps without, without purpose or meaning in their lives. Even, they, they even said, we were hoping, we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. That is perhaps the most honest sentence in the entire New Testament that expresses disappointment. We were hoping he would be the one to redeem us, to, thank, to change things in our lives, to change our world. So Jesus, as we heard, was, when, was going on further, but they said, no, stay with us. The day is almost over. It's almost finished. But their lives were not finished. Their mission was not finished. So Jesus doesn't force himself on them. He doesn't stay. You have to accept me. I'm going to stay at your house. No, they invited him. They said, stay with us. And then what happens? When they sit down for a meal, Jesus does four important things that we need to remember and pattern our life after. He takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them. Four very important steps. Four very important steps that we encounter at the Eucharistic celebration. Jesus walks with us. He shares his life-giving words with us that are hopefully explained properly. And then he invites us to his table where he takes the bread and the cup, 
blesses it, gives it offers it to us. So he, he wants us to encounter him so then others can encounter him in us. That's the whole purpose why we come here, to encounter Jesus so that others can encounter him in us. For our young people here this, this morning, these handprints on the altar cloth are theirs. You guys maybe recall when you, when you did this, right? In 2014. <laughs> Long time ago. And your hands have changed in size, right? And you have changed too. Now, from this moment on, of course, especially when you get confirmed, you will not be called to leave handprints on some tablecloth or, or T-shirts or anything like that, but you will be called by your life to leave a print on the world in which you live. Jesus is accompanying you as well. For 12 years now, 11, 12 years, you have been learning, you have been building your relationship with him. So Jesus is counting on you that you will continue to encounter him, build your life on him, and then others will encounter him in you, especially people your own age, your peers, your friends, your classmates, as you go then, of course, to do your, to do your senior year and, of course, perhaps to college, or you get a job. Remember, not these handprints, but other more important prints of your life, of your kindness, compassion, of your belief, of your love for Jesus. That's what the world needs from you, and of course, from all of us. It's not just up to them. We are here, of course, this morning to do what's called the rite of sending. We are sending them forth for this important moment in their lives. And I know that they wrote letters to me, and in one of them, there was written that perhaps they, they really didn't want to get confirmed. But that's okay, because we know that Jesus never forces himself on, on anyone. They're doing it because their family needs it or wants it, which is fine too. Perhaps there will be a time when, when that person will say, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad that I have a personal relationship with Christ. So. Let us remember what Jesus did, how he handled this situation. He didn't give up even on those two friends. Some uh, traditions say that uh, Cleopas was actually Jesus' uncle and that the other person was his wife. So they were, they were literally his family. He didn't give up on them as he didn't give up on any of his followers. St. Peter said it so clearly, what these arms, death and sin, is true belief and love for God. Let us remember it. And let us remember those four steps, as I said, on which we need to model our lives. That Jesus took bread. He blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. We have so much that we have been given. Let us also take it, give, give blessings to God for it, and then share it in whatever way we can. If we do that, then people, of course, will see Christ living in us. They will encounter him just as we encounter him here in this gathering. And there are so many signs, of course, that, that we do that. The readings that are, that are read, how life-giving they are. They address any life situation, give us an advice of what, what to do, how to act, how to think. So let us be thankful. Let us be thankful for these young men and women who we are sending forth sending forth into the world to live at Prince 
prints of their lives, of their kindness, love, and compassion. So as we continue with this celebration, this is a special moment, of course, for, for all of us, for our parish, 22 young men and women. Jesus had 12, 12 apostles and a few other followers. Look what happened when they went into the world and embraced the mission he offered them seriously. So let us pray, pray for our young friends that they will do the same. They will love what Jesus has to offer them and they will proudly share it with those they will encounter. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.